0: Hey, this is Gary, this is Mike, and Daniel. We're not professionals, we're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery.
1: Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives.
2: Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. I'm Mike.
1: And this is Gary.
2: And this is Daniel. Today we're going to have a conversation regarding three words that are not your friend.
0: Well, when you might think they're your friend, but I, they're really
2: not. They're not your friend. Your friend, when it comes to uh, principles of recovery, the words are comfort, convenience, or complacency. Now, why would I say that they're not your friends?
1: I don't know why. What? No, I know. I'm. I'm trying to set you up. <laughs> uh, I like sitting on my
0: couch. That's comfy. I like having my TV and my computer in my hands at all time, and I can't think of the item. For well, you know what? Like, <laughs> I think. I think anything that is worth
1: doing is going to be challenging. Sure. Yeah. Which is never comfortable, never convenient. Yeah. And if I'm complacent, I'm not even going to worry about trying. You're not even trying. Yeah. I will add this piece. Um,
2: I love when I think about my addictive behavior. When I think about, I was a good addict. Mm-hmm. I was a good addict. When I when I read the story of uh, out of. Patrick Carnes, when he, raised, he raises the question in a room full of addicts and says how many of you were good at your addiction? I'm one of those that my hand would go right up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was very good at it. And why? Why was I such a good addict? Because I had figured out the way to, to be completely efficient, if you will, in my addiction, in my addictive behaviors. I could sit in my own living room and follow up on communications with, with uh, uh, people to act out with while I'm sitting there and my kids are around and my family's around and all of those things. And at the co- the heart of all of those, some of the words that come to mind were convenience because I had on my cell phone, I had the access to the Internet and yeah. some of those things. Comfort, I was in the comfort of my own home doing the things that, and I was very complacent about about being there and present and what's going on thinking that I was I was participating and, and all of those things and I love the comments over and over again of my my counselor who says that that uh, um, you know my best thinking got me here and that uh, uh, and, and I needed to you know I need to make some changes so so when I think about my addiction and all the things that I did to make me efficient to be complacent in those kinds of things how many of us have, Access to the internet on our phone and refuse to give it up simply because it's a convenience we can't imagine ourselves living without. For sure, right? <clears throat>
0: or I have to have it for work, or you know, how am I supposed to get around because I have a GPS on my phone now?
2: That's right. How about complacency? How about this idea that that uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to group and I'm going to demonstrate to everybody around that looks like hey, he's really making an effort. But I'm not, I'm going to be very complacent about my effort and what I'm going to do there.
1: Well, you know, there's a very real, there's a real, a very real, even in, even in your acting out, you know, you might get a little bit in trouble or your wife gets mad for wasting time or whatever. he will do what you need to do to make things the comfortable again. That's yeah. right. You know, and then, but once you get there, oh, you're so predisposed to just stay there. Yes. Yeah. You know? Because it is comfortable. That's
2: right. You know? And it's not as bad as, well, it's not as bad as, you know, you were, for instance, right? I mean, I can look around the room and say, well...
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: (laughs) Those people. And so now all of a sudden I'm very comfortable. Mm -hmm. My wife seems to feel like that I'm doing the very best I can do by going to group. But I'm not really participating or doing much, trying to get much out of it. not really doing my step work. That's right.
1: Come in and say the right things, but... I'm not going to put forth any real effort unless it's demanded of me. That's right. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, I mean, kind of visualizing this, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you get caught, you, you're yanked under the water. And so you do everything you can to get back to the surface. You get to the surface and hang on to something and you just float. Just you just don't. You don't climb up yeah. out of the, the lake or the, the river, or, you know, and then try to get up the side of the mountain. You just kind of grab on and just float. And you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm not under the water anymore. Um, I'm just kind of level, I'm mellow, I'm going to be, I'm going to stay here. Um, It happened so many times for me. I mean, I get caught, I do everything to get everything back to that level, and then I would never, it was like, okay, I'm good now, I don't need to do more.
1: You know, know, my sponsor, when I first started, I remember having a conversation with him as we were walking to my first 12-step meeting. And he looked at me and he said, Are you uncomfortable? <laughs> I said, Yeah. And he said, Well, if you want to be successful, you're gonna to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> and and that that really stuck with me. Right. Because I thought, you know, every every milestone of my recovery has required me to do something that I was uncomfortable. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was outside of outside of my comfort zone. And sometimes that was putting myself out there you know like talking to a group of people you know standing up in front of an audience of you know a couple hundred people and talking about addiction recovery right you know that that was outside of my comfort zone uh or um learning some kind of new skill to help set up a 12 step program that i'd never done right you, you know yeah if you kind of got to always be doing something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. You know, you got to have one foot yeah. where you're nice and stable and one foot out in the unknown because that, right. that means you're right on the edge of where you need to be. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. You know?
2: I'm going to share with Daniel because you already know this story. All right. A story about <laughs> my sponsor. Oh, uh, who that is? I, had, uh, <laughs> I had hit the spot. I'd gone to lunch one afternoon with a friend of mine from one of the groups, and, uh, and I was bemoaning the fact that my recovery seemed to have stalled that I'd reached a place where it seemed like it was a plateau. And I remember uh, bemoaning that uh, to him saying, I, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know where we're at. I, You know, we've been through this this 20-week course. We've been through our group sessions. But I don't know what to do beyond this. Uh, and so I, on my way back to work after having lunch, I, I gave my sponsor a call and said, I'm, I'm in this spot. I think I've hit this plateau when it comes to my recovery. And he said, you know what that means, don't you? And I said dang it (laughs) because I knew exactly what it meant it meant that we needed to be involved in 12 step and uh, I had I I think it's been well documented in these podcasts that I was not a fan of being uh, involved with 12 step and I had some fear about 12 step so the fact that we then we're engaged in creating a 12-step program yeah. and then being a I part have, of all of that. I have
1: thoroughly enjoyed Mike's recovery because he, he announces the next step <laughs> yeah. by saying, I will I never, never do, do this. this.
0: Right. I was like, all right, so, so that's, turn to the right <laughs> and move if, forward. In fact,
1: I, in fact, um, I have learned. And tell me what you guys think of this. I have learned. That so often, so often, what I need to find isn't exactly the place I least want to look. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolute yeah. truth. I think this podcast is an
2: exact example <laughs> of the fact that uh, uh, I remember the first reach out to me. Hey, do you want to be part of a podcast? Uh, I have no desire to be part of and a podcast. And that's when I knew he was on board. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the idea of complacency in the world of recovery is a, uh, is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Uh, The thought that that we can be, if we're complacent, if we're comfortable with where we're at right now, look, my wife's not nagging at me. I'm only acting out once every three months instead of once every month. Or I'm only this or I'm only that. If we're looking at the world like that, we're missing
1: the magic of recovery. I agree. And... And I think that you need to be mindful of that at every step of your recovery. Okay, so follow follow me as I tell yeah. you this story. I had been mentoring group, group recovery, for five and a half years. And I had been spending two and three nights a week. And, you know, that, that takes the entire evening going in and doing This recovery work, just mentoring these groups, I'd I'd done it, been through this class dozens and dozens of times. All right, I was very comfortable with that. Right, that felt really good. And then when I got in my car accident, right, and it put me in a situation where I now I cannot physically go and do this for some time. I, I realized that oh these. These groups are going to go on just fine without me, you know. And then I also realized it was, was kind of a big of, struggle for you, wasn't it? That was a really big struggle for me. Yeah. And I realized, you know, I've become a little bit dependent on. I've become comfortable with the idea that as long as I do these, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when life says, "Oh, you can't do this like you used to anymore"? Yeah, as was my recovery. In fact, uh, my therapist was a little bit worried about how I was going to process all of that, you know. And it opened up a whole new kind of conversation with my wife saying, you know what, it's really, really good that you're doing this, but it's time to, maybe we need a new balance. Let's look at some other things. And I still go and and mentor occasionally and and make that known, but I I certainly don't have the, and this is going to sound weird, but I did feel a compulsion to have to be at every single one. Yeah. and. Even. Like perhaps something would be said that you... <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. What's going to happen, what if, gonna they happen? if they say something that I say something, yeah. <clears throat> but, but, I, but I found that interesting. So I don't think it matters where you are in your recovery. The moment you become complacent or you get comfortable with what things are doing, if you're comfortable, if you're completely comfortable, then you're not growing. You're not That's pushing right. yourself with something. And so you got to find another avenue. You know, yeah. what do I need to do next? And it might not... Maybe it's that thing you've been avoiding forever, right? You know, one of, I think we had a little bit of fun with this in a previous episode, but, but something that I have decided to do as the next step of my recovery is, uh, to take some of my physical health much more seriously. Yeah. You know, we talked about that in the long-term recovery. I said, you know what? I've been doing this for a while and I've, I haven't done that. So as of right now, you know, I started I got my boys together and we, we put a little plan together and, and I think I've worked out and exercised more consistently now than I ever have in my entire life. Wow. I have a hmm. I have a, I don't know almost two months of, of doing this three times a week. And I've never done anything like wow. that. Wow, congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> see if it works. Well, you do you know what? I will tell you this. It is. It already has. Sure no it has i mean i will i will tell you what i have noticed that really has made that that piece of it worth it is is um as a result of my accident i've always found it much much harder to move and i haven't had those problems anymore and i thought mm-hmm. th- that alone was was so worth it and absolutely i'm now you know th- i'm now trying to integrate that into a, a, a long-term sustainable yeah. plan in my life and Am I comfortable with that? No. Do I yeah. want to do that? No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but you see what I mean? I do. So you got to constantly be looking for whatever that next step is.
0: Well, it's pretty amazing how easily we fall into those comfort zones. I mean, through our addiction, how how comfortable do we become with lying or, yes. or hiding or pretending? Um, I mean, that almost, pro- for at least me, it was almost second nature. Like, sometimes I just did it without even thinking. Um, and so... You know, that, that was the comfort that. zone, yeah. But you know, I've had to really get out of that comfort zone to begin trusting other people, being honest all the time, and being deliberate with what I'm saying. Um, so that hasn't been comfortable, but it's something we have to do. Yeah. Um, and just you know, it's not comfortable going to you know to twelve step meetings. It's not comfortable going to group or the therapy, but it's something we need. And it does help us to grow, just like going to the gym. It's not comfortable when you're lifting those weights. It probably burns and aches the day after, but you slowly start feeling better over time. But
1: I think it's the same process that you can apply in, in any aspect of. Now, keep in mind, for me, recovery means it's the whole package. It is. Yeah. If I'm If I'm really working on my recovery, I'm working on my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health, spiritual health, Social health, all of it, all of it is you know yeah i'm I'm right. trying to the to, whole you, the whole me, yeah, and I've come to look at that doing work and all of those things and keeping those things in balance is that's recovery that's that's the yeah. that's the life I'm, I'm trying to share. I for.
2: like the fact that you use the word balance, one of the things that we all know is is that uh, addicts seem to do things in excess, sure, right And so we tend to we tend to over accentuate one particular area and neglect others. Uh, that's a classic example of addictive behavior yep. is, you know, go to the gym every single night for 25 years, you know, uh, but neglect family and everything else and, and church or religion or faith or personal development or anything else because we're so focused on the gym. That's not balance. No, that's it's not, not balance. And so I love the fact that you brought up the point of balance because it's a, that's a creek and that we're focusing on the whole you. That's a that's a critical component of all of this. I was going to share a story. It was interesting that Daniel brought that up about this just compulsive lying that sort of goes on, and I didn't realize that that was such a it was just how I dealt with the world mm-hmm. uh, telling a little lie here, a little lie there. I was watching TV uh, w- my, I disclosed to my wife about my addictive behavior and we were watching TV one night and I had a daughter who walked in the door and said, "Hey, where are you at?" And I just blurted out, we were downstairs watching TV, she was looking for us, and I said, we've gone grocery shopping. And uh, I didn't think anything of it, it's just the way I sort of lived my life, it was, uh, it was a convenient way of, of just being sarcastic and fun and lighthearted. <clears throat> and my wife turned to me immediately and said, I'm uncomfortable with how comfortable you are at lying. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I don't think I really understood the sort of the ramifications of all of that. I, you know, of course, I was became very defensive immediately, saying, "Well, look, it was just an innocent little white lie. It was whatever." Uh, but as time has gone on, and I've recognized more and more about the fact that uh, it was a, it was a, it was the tip of the iceberg of a bigger problem, if you will. And that is, is that um, lying was so much a big part of my world, mm-hmm. and when I become complacent about when I become complacent about uh, what's really relevant and what's important, um, I started to understand that 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 little white lie that I would tell of just being sarcastic or funny was really um, a demonstration of a bigger problem that I had, and that was is that I would lie very comfortably about bigger issues. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think any of these things are to be taken casually anymore. I think uh, I think uh, I think being complacent and being uh, being comfortable in all of this is is really a bad place to be. So yeah. we've all, mean, we've all seen a lot of people go through these groups who really haven't found peace or sobriety and the explanation for that more than anything is I think they've lo- reached a level of comfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard you tell that story, I, I sat back and realized, "Wow." Like every time my kids are like, "Where are you going?" like, or where are we going? To the moon. You know, there's that, to the moon, Alice, that sure. from the honeymooners. That, I, that line always popped in my head, and I'd always say that. My kid's are like, no, really, where are we going? I'm like, well, clearly you know where we're going, so why do I have to tell you? Um, but, and I I, I realized, I'm like, wow, that just wasn't answering their question and lying at the same mm-hmm, time. Right. There's no way we're driving to the moon or going to the moon. Um, so I realized, yeah, I was pretty comfortable with that. And, you know, and then, you know, Few months down the road even after that, just the things I've done uh, throughout my addiction just I realized yeah lying was just this huge part. It just became like second nature. you know it was harder to tell the truth it seemed like than yeah. to, to not lie uh, even on small simple things.
2: okay, so here's where we're gonna go from here. okay you had some things you wanted to I didn't, I didn't
1: mean to catch you, you might on. be going where I want to go. I
2: wanted to uh, I wanted to do sort of a quick um, you know round-robin kind of a thing of uh, okay, what can we do? Pick a word, comfort, convenience or complacency, and what can we do to eliminate these things in our lives? So, if I were to start this off, I would say something, well, okay, convenience. I'm pretty convinced that I have set up the, the computer in my house to conveniently cover my addictive behavior. So, I need to do something to fix that. Um, and let's just go around the room and see what, let's just add up. What do you think?
1: I think that's a good idea. What, that you did that? No. no. <laughs> or were you wanting me to give an example? Yeah, of give an example. I,
2: I, I, I think we need to give some examples in our podcast of what, we, of what we need to do to fix these things. Okay. In order oh, to, to, to fix behavior. that. Okay.
1: Yeah. That in particular, well, then, um, whatever it takes so that you don't use that to act out. I mean, if you have to set it up in a different room. Okay. If you have to get rid of it altogether. That's a great thought. You know, the, don't take that off the table, you know.
0: um. I mean, set it up in a way that maybe in s- that the screen is visible to anyone walking in the room. That's Great idea. Um, and set it up in a high don't traffic set, area. Don't set any <laughs> mirrors up so you can see someone behind you. Obviously. What about uh, actually
2: putting on some controls on the computer? Such for that sure. You don't have
0: controls, uh, <laughs> you know, those are good. Uh, I tend to have problems with controls because then that becomes this crutch, yeah. and you don't have to don't, own anything, but.
1: It's it's interesting that you say that. Okay. Okay. And and this is why because I found a number of times, a number of times through my recovery, that there were certain changes that I had to make, for the time being. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then, <clears throat> I would have to, to change it again. That's a great you know? point. And in fact, I'll I'll use I'll use my 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 flip phone here. I've had this flip phone for, like seven years. Yeah. Okay. Now this is an antique and I'm starting to have problems with it. Okay. In in fact, the, the hardware, the hardware is no longer even being able to support a lot. That's why, you know, okay, listeners, what you don't know is that I've had a, a really, really hard time uh, with simple things like group text. My right. phone will my phone will allow calls and texts and not much more. Um but it started to have problems or it's always dropping calls and yeah. it's always You know, even in our little group text to try to organize these things, I don't get them anymore. You know, so I called and I said, "Hey, you know, what do I need to do?" And they said, (laughs) "What's your (laughs) technology? Your old technology is not—it's not working anymore. You know, you're like two generations behind." And and so now I've had now it was such a monumental moment for me to give up my cell phone, to give up my smartphone. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that happened like seven years ago. And since then, I've I've had this phone. Now I'm now at a place in my life where I have obligations with work and even my uh, association, the the responsibilities I have with my church, mm-hmm. and all of these things that are now pushing me closer and closer to
0: upgrading said upgrading
1: phone. said phone. You know, yeah. it's and so now I have to say okay. I need to reevaluate this. Am I, because this is definitely something that I'm comfortable with. Right. But right. now is it, is it being more of a hindrance or a help? And, you, you know, a little yeah. bit like those things. And now with all of this, you've got to be honest and you've got to be careful and you've got to work it through with your sponsors and other people, because you can use this kind of you can. thought process and twist it and use it as a justification oh, yeah. to mess yourself up. <clears throat> a little bit. we've done that before. Yeah. Well, it, it's also like moving things around between your inner circle and your outer yeah, circle kind sure. of stuff. But, you know, am, am I holding myself back or setting myself up for failure because it's inconvenient to make the change or I'm comfortable and I don't want to be uncomfortable, yeah. even though I know that at every moment of my growth, Was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to give my phone up in the first place. right. And now that I'm in a situation where life is saying, hey, you need to do this, you know, and now it's uncomfortable, the idea of giving it up. Right. You you see what I mean? So.
2: So let's talk about complacency for a second. What can you do to overcome complacency in your addictive, in your recovery?
1: Get uncomfortable? Get uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, really. No, you're good. Try, try new things and yeah. do
0: it right now. Uh, I, I mean, th- that's really, I mean, for me, you know, I'm, I'm living by myself now. Um, you know, I could really easily get complacent because there's no one to tell me, oh, hey, go do the dishes or anything like that. So I have to remind myself, you know, if I'm feel starting to feel like that that feeling of, oh, man, just everything's just mellow you know it's it's time to go do something go get the bike go for a walk um do something new you know this last weekend uh i was kind of feeling that and you know we were i was at the store with my kids um and they're like they saw this tie-dye stuff and like we want to do that and i'm like all right let's try it let's make <laughs> some tie-dye shirts i've never uh-huh. done that and then we get home and i read Oh my gosh! If this gets on anything, it's gonna stain everything. But <laughs> yeah. all right, we're still gonna do this. It it ended up being really fun, um, you know. And then there, I had a uh, l- last week. I I was starting to kind of feel that way again, and so I built a terrarium. You know, I've always wanted to do that, and made it cool. Had a little path and everything. I just need a little gnome in there, and it would look cool. But you go, you got to get out of that and do something <laughs> yeah, different.
1: Yeah, I think I, can, I think complacent is the next-door neighbor to indifferent. Yeah, you think you're yeah, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's that's a really bad place to I be. Will,
2: uh, I, one of the things I've been working on in my recovery right now is sort of a, a, an area of mental boundaries. Um, I go to work. Work starts when I get there. Mm-hmm. Work ends when I go home. Really, that's sort of what uh-huh. it is. I've discovered that I really don't pay much attention to uh, – Speed limits. I drive. I just drive however fast I want to drive. Uh, I eat dinner when I get home. I don't nec- You know, I eat. I eat meals when I'm hungry. Yeah. Not a whole lot of mental boundary in a whole lot of my life, um, including parameters around money. Uh, and so, what I'm trying to do now is just introduce some level of boundary. Work should start at a reasonable hour, whatever my world is. But we ought to start at a, you know eight o'clock. I'd like to be there by eight o'clock. I'd like to be home by six o'clock. And if I can just just introduce even some mental boundaries in any of this, uh, I find myself doing much better. If I can get up at a reasonable hour so that I can be to work at a reasonable hour, um, so that I can come home at a reasonable hour, which is all stuff that's affected my life and my addictive behavior, and if I can be, you know, introduce some boundaries into how I eat, uh, because these are all sort of related related, Mm -hmm. uh, addictive behaviors, uh, all of these things help me. If I can focus on driving the speed limit, if I can focus on obeying the laws, if I can focus on all these things in order to do some level of, of mental boundary, I find myself doing an awful lot. And that helps with complacency. <clears throat> I don't, I don't feel so complacent in yeah. just, just doing whatever it is I want to do. But at the same
0: time, I'm sure there's a little bit of uncomfortability, like, oh man, yeah. I have to follow this boundary because I'm used to eating whenever I want. That's or, right. Yeah. I can go to work if whenever I want. Now, oh, I have to be to work by this time. That's right. You know, eventually, it becomes comfortable, but at first... it, it I have developed. to introduce those things back into my world. Yeah. So... All right. Is that everything? How
2: about comfort? Comfort. Oh, yeah. have got to spend time with comfort. Uh,
1: oh, comfort. I think comfort is... I so, think... I think... When I think comfort, I think of being lazy. <laughs> <With> this, <laughs> no, it's comfortable. So, I don't... I mean... There's nothing wrong with being comfortable with something that you're doing, but in, in the instance that we're talking about, it's
0: when it becomes a negative, right? Yeah. You know, it's comfortable that I've slept in till eleven o'clock, uh-huh. or in or the I don't and missed half the day. I don't
1: want to do that because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't want to put myself out there. Yeah. I don't want to share my stuff. I don't want to talk about what I'm dealing with. I don't want to call my sponsor and say this is what I'm struggling with because that's uncomfortable.
0: I don't want to tell the, my group or my sponsor that I relapsed. Yeah, you because know, It's it's safe and comfortable to ignore that. And, uh, yeah. You know, I I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, mean, there's a lot of comforts in there, but in the, in that case, a lot of thinking errors. Too. Yeah, and thinking errors. <laughs> but it, in that, that case, the best option is to be uncomfortable and talk about those things. Be honest. Not hide behind those. You know, if you're feeling. You know, if you're feeling down, get out. Be social. Go for a walk. Do something positive. Get away from the space you're in, uh, which will start changing things. I, I think. I think I'm
1: going to go back to that nice place of you know I have one foot yeah. in where I'm good. and I've and got one foot out where it's where I'm not, and I'm, I'm pushing. So no, I think I think you walking need walking f- two past. Just yeah. get your split pants. That's all that's going to happen there. <laughs> that's. That's, that's completely the wrong <laughs> mental picture. No, this is, this is, I'm on the edge of what I know and
0: I'm yeah. progressing. It's, it's. Yeah. There you go. That my makes gosh, sense, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, if we stay where we're comfortable, we can't progress. We can't grow. Um, you, know, if, you know, if we just stayed with fifth grade math, you know, there's no way we'd be able to do trigonometry or anything. Uh, yeah. And you were that.
1: uncomfortable when you started fifth grade math. Yeah. Ask any fourth grader.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you learn it, you know it, and then you got to learn the next level and you just keep progressing and, and growing. So if you
1: want to be successful, you're just going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that's a I yeah. think that's
2: well stated.
1: Cuz that means you're trying new stuff, you're stretching yourself, you know? Yeah.
2: There's this really fine balance between between uh, uh pushing yourself and and uh, and Feeling comfortable about where you're at because there's a, because you don't want to push yourself so much that distresses you out, yeah. puts you in a bad place, but you don't also don't want to be so comfortable that it doesn't challenge you in any way, shape, or form. The ideal is understanding that balance to be right on the edge that I'm talking about. Where That's it's right. At. That's walking exactly. the line. Damn. Yeah. Interesting. So those words are not your friends. Comfort, convenience, complacency, not your friends when it comes to recovery. Anything we can do to to alter the state of being related related to those three words, and we'll find we'll find uh, we'll find some recovery, some sobriety, in fact. So, good point. Well, I believe we're out of time. Yeah. So I will conclude by saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery
1: can bring. This is Gary
0: saying, "Do the next right thing." <laughs> and this is Daniel find the. I, I, just, I just forgot. Are you uncomfortable, man? Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. There it is. Find humility in your recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12 podcast at gmail.com. That is th, podcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.